I just came across the Clock Tower 2020 theatre season programme. Clock Tower is, uh, is our local sort of... Well, it used to be the Mooney Ponds Town Hall, but um, it's more a concert and theatre venue now. Uh, when, when I was young, uh, I was in a crappy little local pub band sort of thing, and I actually, we actually, well, we set ourselves up to play there. <laughs> so I've actually been on stage there, but back when I was young. Um, now, um, but it, Archie Roach is playing there soon. Uh, I just, it, the, the program fell open on his page. Uh, he is in the middle where the staples are. That's the best place to be, by the way. Okay, uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll read it out. Look, this is, a, this is an episode, a non-comprehensive episode about Australian culture. So if I just come across something about Australian culture as I'm doing the episode, I'll just read it out and then get back to what I was doing. Okay, Archie Roach. And I saw Archie Roach many, many years ago. He's been around a long time. Uh, I saw him with pre-tour features. Uh, and uh, I'm sure it was at the Hamer Hall, you know, the Arts Centre, uh, where you know, my, uh, my daughter and I have been a lot lately. We've been going to a lot of operas, and uh, mainly because she loves the operas. I used to have a subscription to the Melbourne Symphony, uh, but that was before I started having kids and just didn't have time for that. Yeah. And, uh, and then Spotify got invented anyway. Uh, but anyway, Archie Roach, yes, I saw him years and years ago. must have been in the 1980s, I would think. Uh, and uh, so he must have been a pretty big deal then to get a gig at Hamer Hall. I'm sure it was Hamer Hall. Just sort of trying to cast my mind back. It's a long time ago. Uh, but anyway, um, here's... I'll just read this one. I don't read very often in this podcast. Right, here we go. A little quote. As a member of the Stolen Generations, Roach had a direct line to the pain and suffering Indigenous families endured when children were taken from them. He condensed those emotions into a few minutes of music that stands as one of the great Australian humanitarian artistic statements. That's from The Australian. Uh, All right, um... And I heard one of his songs recently, too, on the radio, and it was really good, but I can't remember what it was. Okay. And the show he's putting on at the Clock Tower uh, is, uh, is called Tell Me Why. Archie Roach, Tell Me Why. You know, I don't like Mondays. Uh, that, no, that's not him. He just says Tell Me Why. Okay. A new work sharing stories and songs from Archie's new memoir and companion album. All right. Performed by Archie Roach. And there's a couple of special guests there. I've never heard of those guys. Okay. Not many have lived as many lives from stolen child, teenage alcoholic, seeker, lover father, musical and lyrical genius, to social advocate and First Nations leader. But it took almost a lifetime to find 
who he really was. He is Archie Roach. His new memoir, Tell Me Why, published by Simon and Schuster, is an intimate, moving, and often confronting account of his resilience and strength of spirit, and also of a great love story. It is an extraordinary odyssey of love and heartbreak, family and community, survival and renewal, and the healing power of music. The companion album, Tell Me Why, open brackets, bloodlines, close brackets, considered Roach's 18-song magnum opus, reimagines songs which have defined his extraordinary career, uh, together with songs previously written but never recorded, songs of early influence and brand new recordings. Saturday, 4th of July, 8pm. Duration, 80 minutes, no interval. Right. Well, that's, uh, you know, that's great. I, I reckon I'd like it. Look, magnus, magnum opus, um, musical genius, uh, you know, Beethoven's third, you know. Um, I always struggle with the word genius. Um, I heard Kanye, descri- Kanye West described as a genius, you know. And, um, and I saw him playing piano recently and he was just playing one note, really moving his body a lot, but he just had one finger on one note and for the whole song he just played that note and sort of rapped along to it. You know, rap, rap, rap. But he was just playing one note and I went, oh, Jesus, I want to believe he's a genius. You know, uh, musical genius, can't see it. You know, Archie Roach. Actually, really like Archie Roach's songs. You know, some of the ones I've heard, but genius. Um, you know, like someone like you know Beethoven, um, with sort of you know, monumental um, musical sort of talent and um, and tr- uh, musical training, such as you know would kill most people. You know, just the sheer dedication and devotion and hard work you know for many years before he would even dare um publish anything you know like Kanye West for example he can just he can be walking down the street get on his phone and pump out a bit of rap as he's walking down the street off the top of his head and he sends it to his engineers I know he does this Paul McCartney told me and he sends it to his engineers and they mix it all up and chuck a bit of audio from here and a bit of audio there from there and all that sort of stuff and there's your song, you know? Whereas, you know, someone like Beethoven with, well, a million times Kanye West's musical ability. Look, I don't want to put Archie Roach down. I think he's fantastic. You know? And me, I've got no talent, you know? Um, and look, he, he, I think he, do, he does have a genius for expression of the human condition but I don't know about musical genius you know and um, Kanye too you know Um, uh, can Kanye play any instrument I'm not sure you know Um, whereas someone like Mozart or Beethoven they become virtuosos you know Um, it's hard it's hard comparing one medium to another but I suspect Mozart on or let's put it this way Mozart, on first hearing, could play by ear anything 
Kanye or Archie Roach ever created, composed, whatever. So Mozart could just sit there, I'm sure of it. And Mozart could sit there, listen to the hardest thing, the most complex, the most, you know, well, the most um, genius piece of music that Archie Roach or Kanye West or just about anyone else, even the Beatles, ever made and play it back by ear on the spot and do variations on it and improve it on the spot. Um, Whereas I doubt that someone like Archie Roach or Kanye West... Um, and certainly not even any of the Beatles, you know, as much as I think Paul McCartney was a musical genius in his own way, um, in the pop sense, um, for melody making, just melody making, you know. Um, uh, but, you know, um, I don't think any of these sorts of people could even play something that Mozart wrote when he was nine years old or 10 years old, let alone, yeah, and even with a year's worth of training, even, five, even if five, with five years of training. Yeah, so I struggle. Mein Kampf, <laughs> in vain. <laughs> um, anyway, but, but that's all neither here nor there for the purposes of Australian culture. Um, I've, I've put a, a highlighter pen one, around one tiny piece of that a uh, little spiel about Archie Roach, um, which really doesn't matter. You know, they just happen to call him a genius and I just can't see it. Uh, but, you know, just put that aside as far as I'm concerned and um, and the rest of it, great. You know, a really good contribution to an episode on Australian culture. Uh, but without further ado, I'll dump the Indigenous experience once again. Uh, I've, I've made plenty of episodes about Indigenous Australia. This episode on the culture of Australia is pretty much from the perspective, obviously, of someone with my profile, you know, an Anglo-Celt in his 50s, um, brought up when I was brought up, obviously, in the 60s and 70s. Uh, you know, this is an episode of Australian culture from my perspective with maybe a couple of little snippets from someone else's, you know, perspective, you know. Maybe I'll, I'll, um, I'll give a slight suspect, uh, perspective here and there from Generation X. Generation X? Yeah, I think that's the one that follows me. I have, um, with horror, found out that I'm a baby boomer just snuck in. I, I honestly thought it was generation after. You know, whatever the generation after the baby boomers were. But the whole there's two or two generations that have been hitting the news lately. Um, the millennials, which is generation Y, and the baby boomers, which is generation, you know, well, it's that generation after the war. You know, the baby boom after the war. Now, um... All these years, I didn't think I, I, I didn't know I was a baby boomer. You know, I pretty much ignored the whole debate, you know, about who's baby boomer. I'm not into, uh, not into, uh, what's that called? Um, anthropology or something, social anthropology, all that much. Um, but anyway, there's been a big blow up lately between baby boomers 
one generation, which is my generation I've just found out, and millennials, you know, and, and I'm right at the tail end of baby boomers, I only missed by one year, uh, being categorised as a generation, and I think it's um, X. You know, I think I'm just off Generation X. Yes, that's right. Generation X is from 1964 or something onwards, and I'm 1963. So, you know, I just, uh, you know, a bee's dick <laughs> from out of, I missed by uh, in becoming Generation X. That's, you know, Rex Hunt. Sometimes I quote him. I would never say such a thing. Right. Um, so, uh, but, yeah, a big blow up. And this all... Uh, speaks to Australian culture as well, just even mentioning the fact that there's a big drama going on between millennials and um, and baby boomers. Yeah. And uh, my wife, she's in the generation in between and she's been watching the debate with amusement and bemusement <laughs> because she says, I hate both of you. I can't stand millennials and I can't stand boomers. (laughs) Uh, Anyone who is in that generation between boomers and millennials will probably know what she's talking about, you know. Uh, What are they arguing about, the millennials and the boomers? Um, Oh, look, they really can't speak to each other. They don't know how to. And that's all right, you know. Um, So, anyway, uh, there's another one coming. My children... Uh, generation now, I, I never know. A uh, generation Y. My children are genera- generation Z. You know, so they're going to hate the millennials because the millennials are going to be responsible for all the ills of the world. You know, they're all progressives at the moment. Just getting a little bit too old to be progressive. They're starting to. Their heads are starting to turn. Yeah, soon they'll become conservatives and all that. You know, by and large, with a few, you know, a small percentage of progressives amongst them. Hang on, I'll just be one second. I'm coming. No, I'm not ringing anyone, I'm just talking. You know I do these podcasts. I'm coming in. No, I won't. Excuse me, I'm just... Um, I'm at the Ascot Vale uh, swimming pool... And my son's just jumped out of the pool and he wants me to come over and challenge him to do tricks. So I better do that. Okay. And forget what I was talking about then. Uh, I think I was just talking about he happens to be Generation Z. And all he cares about at the moment is how many stunts he can do off the side of the pool. Let's get back to whatever else I was talking about. Okay, he did some tricks. He barrel rolled. Jeez, it's hard to think of new tricks that he can do uh, in a modern swimming pool. And this touches on Australian culture too. But when I was a kid, we had diving boards and we had towers even, 10 meter tower, and, and really springy diving boards and more firm diving boards. But the point is there were all sorts of tricks you could do. Um, and my brother was really good at the tricks too he was really good at you know um, backward somersaults with twists and all that sort of stuff but anyway we all used to have 
there were plenty of interesting things, stunts you could do. Yeah. And back then we used to go down to local gorge and jump off cliffs and all those sorts of things. But there's a lot less of that now. Um, swimming pools, uh, they have sort of, they have no diving boards or anything dangerous. And there's a good reason for that. Kids got killed back in my day. Um, but the um, Australian culture, we had an extreme culture of kids going to the swimming pool. Outdoor swimming pools, uh, diving boards. Um, so yeah, look, Australian kids were good at swimming. Yeah, we used, that's why we were so good at the Olympics back then. Um, and tennis, we had a culture of tennis. Uh, every, even small towns. You'd get a small town with 10 houses in it and it'd have eight lawn tennis courts. Um, beautifully maintained and a swimming pool, you know. Um, you know, I had a small town. I was in, grew up in a small town and um, great swimming pool, great footy oval, sporting facilities galore, um, great tennis courts, everything. You know, but it's not like that anymore. Um, kids live in entire suburbs. Hang on, wait. Um, entire suburbs and there's no access to a tennis court. Um, I'll just be a second. Um, and even when they um, go to a leisure centre as we are in now, um, it's a swimming pool, but they have kind of play centres. You could go and squirt water at each other and things like that. Nothing more dramatic than that, you know. Or maybe there's a big bucket up there and it slowly fills up with water and you can hop under it and the water splashes on you. But you can't learn to do somersaults off the side. In fact, even at the deep end, you're not allowed to dive. There's um, signs saying no diving everywhere. Um, you know, and um, we did more than, you know, like, and when we were kids, you know, it was kind of a virtue and a thing that kids were encouraged to do, to take some risks and do backward somersaults off the side of the pool. No way could you do that now. There's um, guards all over the place and you just get kicked out, you know? And there's a good reason for that because kids used to get killed. Yeah. It's a hard one, that one. Um, anyway, um, okay, so I'm back again briefly because I just happened to want to be. And uh, I just remembered one other bit from that Archie Roach um, uh, interview thingy. Um, and it said he was a seeker. Um, oh, uh, excuse me. Uh, yeah, what I was going to say is, yes, it's very hard to think of stunts, you know, because my son was saying, think of a new stunt I can do, you know. So we did a number of stunts, but they weren't very good ones. You know, I had to chuck $2 in the bottom of the pool and he had to go and fetch it. It's about as good as I could do, you know. And um, I said, do a backward somersault in the water, you know, but not off the side. But he has to hop in the water and do as many backward somersaults as he could in the water, you know, which is not exactly that exciting, you know. Um, and the other one, and then I ended up just desperately sort of saying, right, now, see how many barrel rolls you can do swimming along the top of the water to the other end as fast as you can, you know, so you, you kind of have to do that sort of thing. So he did 34 and a half barrel rolls, yeah, like a Spitfire in the war, you know, doing barrel rolls um, in 25 metres, you know. Uh, so, you know, he's swimming along the top of the water and just rolling, you know, um, like a crocodile, yeah. So, um, yeah, a crocodile with prey, that is. Okay, so that's that. Look, I, I don't think it's as exciting at the pool as it used to be.
be, but you don't get killed as often. All right, so that's that. Now, Archie Roach, uh, yeah, I was about to mention, he, uh, I, there was one, look, the, the article as a whole, yeah, 100% on board with, you know. Um, another thing I'd put a circle around is this idea of being a seeker. You know, that's, um, I, I presume that's a seeker of truth. Yeah. Um, and it's a funny thing. I've been talking to my goddaughter about the idea of seek being a seeker, you know. And um, I think it's a long time since I've bothered being a seeker, you know. I, I don't know what comes through on the, with the tone of my voice in these episodes and all that sort of thing, but I, I'm kind of just um, someone who explores sort of almost indifferently more than anything, but, um, but doesn't, not really seeking anything. Um, I, I probably can't expand upon that very much. You know, it's, it's just this whole kind of zen that I've been exploring, you know, um, which, yes, I won't get into. Uh, it just either comes through or it doesn't. Um, and, uh, and a lot of that is not being a seeker, you know, a seeker of truth, you know, or even a, an activist or anything like that. Um, maybe that's just because... Um, I'm, I'm, I was born lucky and I don't have to seek. You know, maybe that's it. You know, something like that. But it all hits onto Australian culture. Hey, wait, wait a sec. I, very, I never do research, but I'll just see how old Archie Roach is because I suspect I'm about the same age. So he and I might be contemporaries. Hang on, Archie Roach. Wikipedia. Uh, I think he might be a bit older than me. Still, you know, different lives, both Australians. Um, oh, he's an AM. Um, so, oh, he's born in Marupna. That's interesting. I used to spend a lot of time in Marupna on the mud flats with, other, with all the other Yobos. Um, that's just off, off, out of Shepparton. Um, and he's a campaigner for the rights of Indigenous Australians. When was he born? Oh, 1956, and I'm 1963, so he's slightly older than me. But, you know, we're contemporary, contemporaries, except I was a failed rock star, and he's a successful one. So he's in, into alternative rock, world music, whatever the hell that is, and roots, whatever that is. Um, and he's, well, look at that, labels, mushroom, yeah. ABC Music and Liberation Music. Uh, Roach's debut solo album, Charcoal Lane, was released in 1990, so I must have gone and seen him after that, I guess. Okay, so that's that. Um, but yeah, he's a seeker, and I'm not. Yeah, But that might be a reflection of our backgrounds. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're both Australians, but you know we've both got a very different... Um, outlook on Australia and my outlook is roughly summarised in this podcast and more specifically in this episode at the moment and his is in his art which is far of far greater genius than is my art yeah so yeah like I'd almost say Mozart and Beethoven in the mesosphere um Archie Roach um sort of in the stratosphere, and me crawling around on the ground, you know, that gives you a bit of an idea of where I think people are um, in, in, in the genius stakes, you know, but hey, I, I admire him and he's, uh, he's an AM, he's got an award, okay, I haven't, 